Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. We're going to need a bigger boat because Cody Rhodes might be turning heel. He doesn't need boats where he's going. He needs like a like an evil car, a, a bad car potentially. I'm Mr. No, I'm not. I'm Ollie Davis, Ollie Kawaii, and I'm joined by my best friend, Luke Warm, Luke Owen, and we are here to review last night's Brilliant, Ep- Brilliant. Uh, episode. We're very, also very tired. Uh, AEW pay per view, double or nothing, where we are. We will talk about uh, numerous fantastic matches, some match of the year contenders. Uh, we're going to cover the sort of bad bits as well. Uh, I think Cody's stuff was was objectively people down upon. Only, only us. Well, only we were down, really, on the stadium stampede close, but we'll come on to that. But one massive positive takeaway is fans are back. Dear oh, God. So, so amazing to see fans back in the arena. Like, the first shot that they had of, like, when the pay-per-view opened, and they're just sort of, like, panning around daily space. I was saying this on the, the live stream last night, that I I didn't really sort of fully understand what full capacity meant. Because we've seen fans mm. at Daly's Place for AEW pay-per-views and for Dynamite where they've sort of been like potted around. And I was like, well, maybe it'll look like that, but there'll be a few more of them there. No, no, no. This is what full capacity meant, which is just, there's fans everywhere. Like, there's just fans left, right, and center. There's no social distancing around any of them. Gonna hope that everyone was keeping themselves safe and that. But it was like full capacity. And it was just... Uh, incredible to see like that reaction for hangman coming out was just mm. one of those times and like and you said it in your review so many times during the show i was like god i wish i was there yeah i've gone from being quite cautious and being like ah, oh, i probably won't go to a wrestling show this year if i do it'll be you know november 
later on in the year when every a lot more people are vaccinated, me being one of those people, uh, not vaccinated yet. But the it's gone from that to no, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go. I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm gonna go the, the first available opportunity we get. So with all of that positivity, let's start with a negative. Because but I would oh, say I was mm-hmm. gonna say I would say that the the crowd being there, and this was Brandy Rhodes's point about all this, because Cody Rhodes and Anthony Gogo's feud, I think, has been, <laughs> I would say, quite rightly derived uh, online, because I think a lot of people are just like this is very very silly and quite tone deaf, and you know, and we have made a the very very funny joke on this show. Cody solved racism, just like you solved sex sexism on last night's live stream. Cody solved racism. I was a busy boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the Cody versus a go-go feud. Now, I love, like, when I when I joke about Cody and say I love him, that's actually sincere. I do really, really like him. I am, I'm a huge fan of his. He he is my brother. Uh, and I, I was one of the few people who really enjoyed that promo. Me and the people who were in the workshop with him that focus grouped it. We were the only people, it seems, who enjoyed the promo. Uh, but then, like, so so I feel like I'm in quite a a good place to come at this mm-hmm. because I, I, I'm one of the people who should like this. I'm one of the people who has been defending Cody. When Cody beat Cutie Marshall and everyone was like, this is rubbish, he's burying everyone, Cody's just putting himself over again, I'm like, hold on, everybody. This is the start of the Nightmare Factory versus Nightmare Family feud. It's obviously building to Cody putting over a young star. And I thought that was going to be a go-go. Then he sort of adds in the the America versus UK thing, which really wasn't a part of the storyline. I was much more into the sort of betrayal of a training group within a larger family. That's far more interesting. But, you know, Memorial Day weekend, he switched it up. And then, yeah, Rhodes just won here but he didn't only win he won a 10 minute match where he repeatedly was fine after getting the gut punches from a go-go something that they've done quite a good job as getting over as a devastating match ending move and yeah and then he outboxed him at one point i i think it was a mistake for cody to go over here I totally saw it coming, though. I was saying this on the the re, uh, the prediction show that we had. This whole feud has been built around mm. America versus not America. It's on Memorial Day weekend. He is coming out as the American dream. He has taken on his dad's role. He's coming out in red, white, and blue, taking on the evil foreign heel. Of course he's going to win. Or everyone was like, they're doing such a good job of building up a go-go. Like, they're doing so much to protect a go-go. And I was like, yeah, so Cody can beat him. So the American hero can conquer all. That's what this has all been about. It was never about getting a go-go over. It was about celebrating America on Memorial Day weekend. And you know what? It, It doesn't work for me. I'm not an American, so it doesn't work for me. And I would say, I would comfortably say, it didn't work for our live reactions we did last night either. The chat were really against all of it. The four of us didn't particularly enjoy it. All the chats that we got, uh, the Omega chats we got in, didn't particularly enjoy it either. But the live crowd lapped it up. The second Cody came out, it was USA chance. It was USA chance throughout. When Cody beat the foreign heel, when Cody kicked out of the gut punch, the people lapped it up. 
And that's what I was saying earlier. That was Brandy Rhodes' whole tweet. The internet has now had its time. Live crowds are back, and live crowds will tell you what they actually enjoy, not you internet smarks on your dirt sheet forums, like she's you know, like that sort of uh, caper. So the so it completely worked for the live crowd. For me, though, this was a massive misstep. Mm. It. I think it's. Uh, I. I think the idea that. The, it worked for the live crowd. I think everything worked for this crowd. This was a fantastic crowd who, key, weren't in it for themselves. They were in it to create a really fun wrestling show. This wasn't, we are awesome. It wasn't that. It was, they are going to boo the heels. They are going to cheer the baby faces, no matter what grievances they have with the book or storylines. So well done, crowd. You're awesome. I wouldn't take this, but maybe I'm wrong, but I I personally would not take this isolated data point as a signifier that you've done a good story. And again, I am very, very much a Rhodes fan, Brandy and Cody. I, I made that very clear. But a lot of, you know, the tide has turned. My friends who, who are into wrestling have been like quite annoyed with Cody over the last months. I'm like, what are you talking about? You, you just wait till he puts over a go-go. Put me in an awkward position there. But, lo you know, loads of other people online, these online fans that Brandy is criticising there, it seems very tone-deaf to me to, for a promotion that is very, that listens to their audience so much, to have a baby face sort of address the online reaction in this way. When I saw Brandy's tweet, I, I get what, like why you would tweet it, because I imagine it's very frustrating to have people not be into the stories you want to tell. But it, it came across as, to me as a bit WWE. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Like that whole like online fan thing, it's like, yeah, do you know what? Every single fan who watches wrestling is online. We're an online world. Mm. Like the, the the IWC is not really like that's just what wrestling fandom is now. But there's still like the, the wrestling promoter reaction to that is just like, well, the IWC is very different to the <coughs> wrestling fan. They're still in that kind of mindset when I think they are pretty much one and the same at this point. I totally get what Brandy was saying though. I totally get into it. And like you, I am a fan of the Rhodes. I love Cody Rhodes and I love Brandy Rhodes and I love everything they've done. And I really love the fact that they've given us AEW a part of the reason we have got AEW and I love them for that. And um, I have seen the, the, the backlash to Cody over the last few months. I think it's sort of like pretty much since he lost the belt to um, Derby. I think that people we've seen it on our, our shows that we do here. People are like, yeah, I'm kind of I'm not into Cody. I'm really I'm over Cody Rhodes at this point now. And I think you and I have been the ones to wave the flag for ironically, wave the flag for Cody Rhodes. <laughs> like, no, he's still cool. He's still great. He's still our boy. He's still our brother. And last night, it was just in the lead up to this, it was like, this is not what people think this is. This is very much the and this was a babyface show. It was mm. a babyface winning show. And this was a moment for the babyface representing the country to win in the country he was representing against the man who does not like the country he's representing. Okay, so is this intentional? I think we now have to dive into. Is this actually a way for Cody to turn heel? No, I don't think it is. No, I and like I know we got on our thumbnail because like everyone was saying, yeah, Cody looks like Homelander. I don't think it was intentional that Cody looked like Homelander. No, that it's was just, th that was intentional that. cosplay. It's, ju 
It cannot be Davis. It cannot be because no one in their right mind would look at Homelander as a character and be like, well, that's the person that we need to have representing as this character. Unless you're turning heel. I don't think he's turning heel. I think that he was basically, he wore an out. The problem is, is because Homelander is there, Homelander is now like the great point of just like, it's a parody of American pride and American nationalism and things like that. So anytime you wear, red white and blue like that it does look like a homelander sort of reference and and cultural touchpoint but i and maybe i'm off the mark here but i'm just looking at it and i cannot understand how anyone would look at homelander whether in the comics or on the show the boys and be like well there's the good guy of this story murdering people on planes and masturbating into all sorts of things he's the hero here i think i might go do a rape as well like a true hero would because he's a heel he's not a no, heel I, though he's the baby let me fancy book here i you know probably i think cody is gonna write himself off tv soon brandy's having a baby wah, wah, wah. however let's just fan- let me fantasy book this scenario for you cody has been the american nightmare forever uh, but a sort of baby face version of that. So now he brought he brought back the American dream, his father's nickname for this pay-per-view. There wasn't actually much to do with that on the show. He didn't even update the Tron, but nice touch. You aligned that with Homelander, who is a character who is very much a, a projection of the, an idealized American superiority image, but inside is very insecure and crumbling and a, a very nasty anxious person what a um, what an amazing direction that could be to take Cody's character in if he's seen people start to sour on him i bet he likes being a, a heel more so he he then becomes that delusional baby face he is the american dream right but a, a heel version and that is how he starts to go for the title again. I, I I love that. I love that as a potential idea. And I think it is a is, you know, it's next level thinking. I just think that this was Memorial Day weekend and the American dressed as an American and he beat the evil foreign heel for America as the American dream. And next week he's just back to being Cody Rhodes again. And none of this actually is building to anything and it was just he wore a very patriotic costume with his big patriotic thing so we could get the big baby face pop with our first live crowd here you make a compelling argument america Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> uh, let's see what you guys think. Get in your hyper chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Phantom FTW says five out of five show the great far outweighed the bad. And talking of Cody, at this point, this must be a work. It's too on the nose not to be. Cody dressing like Homelander, the promo for service dogs for veterans. It's a work, right? Right? So before the match, they had a, a very nicely done video package for. Uh, yeah, service dogs for Vietnam vets, and they had some vet- veterans come out on the stage as well. I don't think that bit was a work. No, <laughs> that would be America's, real advice. America's a proud country, and that's fine. <laughs> like they're a very, very proud country and a very, very proud people, and they were just celebrating America on Memorial Day weekend. There's no work here. Uh, RP Degnan, as I said on the prediction show, I think this is a slow burn heel turn to eventually give the American Dream moniker to someone who fits it better with the Brandy comments and the focus group. Come on, man. Now, I didn't no, even think they, of the focus I, group as a heel it. thing. The, <laughs> they believe it. This is them believing this. You are I don't being think worked. It's a, you work I don't think. I work. don't think I would. <gasps> it's a working mark work. I would love it if I'm being worked. I will be so over the moon if I'm being worked, but I don't I think this is 100% a shoot. I think Brandy is 100% a shoot. I think the focus group is 100% a shoot, and I think they are genuinely annoyed that people didn't like the promo. But maybe that's just faith in AEW. Uh, RP Degnan finishes there. Ronan C, is Cody almost verging on Jeff Jarrett TNA territory just nope, without the nope. title? And is there a worry that they might have retributioned the factory ahead already by Cody defeating the entire chaotic group clean in a couple of months? The second part of that, I completely agree with. It, it yes. should not be an Anthony Agogo at this point. But you can't say that he's Jeff Jarrett because Jarrett was like, on top the entire time the main event when he, he did not need to be the main event cody is the mid card like so i don't think it's fair to call him the jarrett so triple h was trending 
uh, during the pay-per-view. And we saw that it was actually because so many people were comparing Cody to Triple H's burial phase of his career, where he would uh, just sort of beat beat everyone. That wasn't the only reason it was trending. It's because people were like, huh, they put they made Sting look great. They didn't Triple H him. So it was those two <laughs> things came together. Uh, blind Raw, Cody turning heel. What are you talking about? Focus Group said no. I'd rather talk about anything else from this show because that's how good it was. But let's address it. Cody needs to work with baby faces now. One's more over than him, like Adam Page. Adam Page would be a really interesting feud for mm. Cody to go on to next. Yeah, the American dream, the American cowboy. He's not, not the American dream with. anymore. And they have Tiramula, Tiramala. Sorry, I butchered your name. Cody badly needs to turn heel. Delusional Cody as the savior of AEW has great potential. What do you think of my idea for Cody to form a trio with Sky and Page and be the first ever trios champions? New heel group at the top, and you could replace Team Taz. Cody's got enough mates as it is. Like he, he's actually surrounded by friends. Uh, so I don't think you need to add him to a different stable. But I'm, I'm going to echo what I said earlier. If this is all a work to make him the delusional baby face, I love that. Love that. And I will give it the biggest round of applause that it mate, absolutely deserves. Mate. And I have been 100% worked, hooked, line, and sinker. And I love that. I was just getting away with fantasy booking until, until who was it? Was it RP Degnan? RP Degnan said, focus groups. Would, the focus group. And now I'm like, that is, there is no way. Cody said that, not knowing how bad that sounded. Because I thought I thought that sounded off when he said it in an interview. <sighs> mm. <laughs> mm. I'm excited. Okay, let's talk about the pay-per-view as a whole. Keep on getting your hyper chats into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. The buy-in, which is AEW's kickoff style uh, hour, had Rio versus Serena Deeb for the NWA women's title. Deeb won in probably the best buy-in match they've ever done. What a what a terrific bout this was. Yeah, absolutely loved this match. So because they they had a banging match on um Dynamite a few weeks back mm. in the women's eliminated tournament. Yeah. So this was like, you know, the second part of that. And I I thought it was a really, really, really great match. Riho is an amazing baby face in peril. And Serena Deeb is this more vicious side, vicious heel side, like the crafty veteran working over the body part, the targeting of the knee. It was um yeah, Dax Harwood said that um she's working like Bret Hart at the like mm. Bret Hart would work now if Bret Hart was still working today. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, uh, amazing stuff. I, I think she's great. And I really enjoyed this match. I think that we, we theorized there were there were a few like missed bits. Uh, we reckon it's because it was partly outdoors. The sun was coming in really harshly, cutting across the ring, so you could kind of see him squinting sometimes. Uh, pretty pretty tricky position to be in for there. But yeah, I, I love this match. I love Deeb. I love Rio, like, and she's good. Uh, get them all in the mix. Like, I, you've got such a good women's division there uh, with all over yeah. stars. Um, the main card 
which this this felt like although the crowd was already hot they then went up to 11 for the whole show really started with hangman page versus brian cage brian cage came out first in his sort of terminator cyborg outfit that luke loves oh, and then so dumb. and hangman page comes out monster pop rightfully so and they just had a non-stop back and forth power move meat fest terrific yeah. match but this went on like 10 minutes or something like that and it was just wall-to-wall -wall action and so much fun like proper like back and forth stuff brian case doing amazing power spots like hangman page just being like that ultimate baby face that the the crowd wanted to see win so it was the perfect match to put on first for this show as well first for the you know the actual show itself and then at the the end of this Team Taz, who Brian Cage had said on Dynamite he does not want at ringside, tried to get involved, and Ricky Starks threw him the the, uh, the TN the TNA Championship, the FTW, FTW Championship, the FTW title. Brian Cage wouldn't use it, and that caused enough of a distraction to allow Hangman Page to hit the buckshot for the win. So yeah, Team Taz essentially cost Brian the match, and Brian effectively like seemingly left the group mm. afterwards. I um, it, it's you can't do it really now because Ricky's injured. But I'd have really liked to have seen like Hangman and Cage versus uh, Team Taz as like for a tag match on Dynamite would have been really nice. I think they could still go that route. You've got Hobbs there, uh, Hook. Mm, yeah. yeah, I guess it's only St Hobbs and Hobbs and Starks would be brilliant. The idea for, that, for yeah. that feud. Starks was I don't was it, he's only meant to be out six weeks though or something. Hopefully oh, he's coming. Was he out longer? I think I'm I thought he had a really bad neck up. injury. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was very good. I've seen some people think that the whole show was a bit overbooked because pretty much every match had some level of interference in. And I get that. I think I would prefer most of that to take place on TV and, and your actual pay-per-view matches are straighter and you, you, you're more sparing with the angles. But it was a special show. It was like yeah. one of those just crazy shows with the crowd and you could you could do anything and it would be well, awesome. Yeah. Apart from bring out Hulk Hogan, as we found at WrestleMania. I mean, do you remember when you reviewed All In and you said like All In was just a celebration of wrestling fandom and it was just like a celebration of indie wrestling? Mm -hmm. I, You know, this almost was kind of like that, actually. It was a show that was to here to celebrate fans being back, which is why we got so many babyface wins throughout the night. And just to like always send the crowd home happy. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got a heel retention, but it was still so much fun because it was the Young Bucks taking on Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. And I've gone back and rewatched this twice today. You know, rather than sleep, I have rewatched Eddie Kingston come out because this is a guy who came in on a chance, came in for that open challenge against Cody, cut a hell of a promo. He was given the brass ring and he gripped onto it and he yanked it down and he, I don't know, then punched someone in the face with it. And he 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 was not supposed to be there. He was not supposed to be in AEW, but he got over to the extent where he was main eventing pay-per-views for the world title, had one of the most emotional storylines of the year with John Moxley. And he's carried through, but He's never had that crowd there. I know that she has never had the crowd to cheer for her, her women's championship, but the, Kingston has not had the sort of audible reaction in an arena either. And, and seeing him come out there, 
oh, I, I, I was so proud and happy and just a, lo- a lot of positive emotions mixed into together. Yeah, a guy who has worked so, so hard for to get to this point. And like, yeah, the his AEW journey has been an incredible thing to kind of like watch and live along with him, like as, as a fan. And for this moment of them coming out, Moxley, dude, was so fired up for this entrance. Just threw a chair that he saw because he was just like, he's just so like, Whoa, I don't know what to do with all of this energy I have. A chair. <laughs> and he just throws this chair. And like, King, uh, it was Denise um, said that she put out that I was like, Moxley just stormed past, like, where they were sat. It's like, Moxley just stormed past her. And Eddie Kingston was just like, just slowly walking, chilling behind him. Just like just soaking it all in, and then he worked as an amazing babyface in peril mm. in this match, but also as the babyface waiting for the hot tag to get in. The young bucks were, oh, chefs kissed perfect heels for all of this, acting like the biggest douchebags possible, including Nick getting the worst hair dye <laughs> job. That's a work. Like I, I, we made the focus the group of facial hair. <laughs> We may disagree on the Cody thing, but Nick Jackson's hair was 100% a work, and it was so good. And like mm. the, they just acted like total dickheads for this entire match, and it made me as a fan be like, God, I want to see Mox and Kingsley kill these two goofballs. I absolutely loved it. A lot of interference again. You got Brandon Cutler used the cold spray. They took him out. Uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson tried to get involved, but Kingston was just like, nope, and took out Doc. And and Kaz chased off Carl Anderson because he's got that storyline going on. Nice little spot there. Uh, again, overbooked. I didn't mind it. I thought it was really fun. Um, but just like, yeah, Moxley is getting worked over a lot near the end. And he just... That they do the shield fist bump, you know, they're gonna do the shield power bomb. The Bucks are with the ooh ah and everything, but uh, Moxie just makes the tag just in time. Kingston no sells a bunch of strikes. He's like, bitch, please, you know, when they were going for him. Uh, and then at the end, you know, a paradigm shift from moxley on nick and matt just saved it that was such a close near such a good last minute save and one of my favorite things super kick party mox kicks out at one oh yes love that so they get uh multiple bte triggers just boom 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 about four or five in total which i think would be a nice i know it's it's not an explosion but it's I think that is an an angle uh, significant enough to write Mox off TV now. Mm-hmm. If that's yeah, I the think plan. So. Yeah, and I think it kind of like puts a nice little bow on the storyline between <clears throat> Moxley and the, the the Super Elite for the time being. So maybe he can take some time off. I'll be curious to see because you know we all thought he was going to take the time off after February, and I don't. I'm, I'm starting to think it was never the plan for him to take the time off after February. So. Who knows? Maybe this will be the time when he is going to go away for a bit. But like Jericho is going to be going away for a bit. We can presume that some other people might be going away for a bit because they're also expect. Like, who knows where where we're heading now? But uh, a fantastic match. I I would have said match of the night, really. But uh, the triple threat was. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Incredible. Um, But a very, very good start. Different as well. You know, you had the. The, the buy-in, you've got the page cage blood feuding match, you've got this title match with a lot of blood feud stuff as well. And then after that, you get the casino battle royale. 
a completely yeah. different kind of match. Christian's out at number one, uh, which is beautiful because, you know, Edge was out at number one. Christian was kind of the favorite here. Uh, big shows on commentary. And you just got look, wave and wave of people. The standout were uh, Pentagon in full-on Joker gear. Matt Hardy and Private Party were a sort of force that worked all the way through till near the end. Um, which means we got that Matt Hardy Christian standoff, which was really cool. Uh, Jungle Boy came in, and Leo Rush was the Joker. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone had Dan. Like a mm. lot of people, a lot of theories about who the Joker would be. A lot of I saw a lot of people suggest it was going to be Paul White. You know, we had Nick Gage down as a possibility, Andrade as a possibility so to build that Triple Mania um, feud that they've got going on with Kenny Omega. Leo Rush was a name I don't think anyone said. So I think that was a really, really fun um, uh, sort of surprise, actually. And it was it was weird that he came down, just did a few, like a handful of spots, and then got eliminated. It wasn't like the... Because he wasn't... He's not the star they were trying to make in this match. The star they were trying to make was Jungle Boy. So I suppose, like, you don't want to give him too much because you don't want to take any of the shine away from Jungle Boy. But then, then you're in that... You've, you've booked yourself into the corner then of just like, well, it needs to be a surprise that we can give mm. the big spots too, but also we can't take the shine away from this lad over here. Dave Meltzer reported on Wrestling Observer today that Leo Rush has actually signed with New Japan. Mm, is that, really? that, that's, that's where his deal is, yeah. Um, also, I just remember because Christian had a bit of interaction with Powerhouse Hobbs here. Uh, Christian eliminated Hobbs, I believe. They had a little feud thing going on, which does mean Paige... Cage and Cage are all <laughs> feuding with Team Taz. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Page, Cage and Cage. Cage, Page and Cage. It sounds like a law firm. Yes. Make it happen. Anyway, it comes down to uh, like that Christian and Jungle Boy. They get rid of Matt Hardy with uh, some really fun heel begging off stuff there. And we're all like, huh, where does AEW go here? Because Christian versus Omega is a match the company obviously and rightfully, I would say, wants to do. But you've also got Jungle Boy and people want to sing the entrance theme again. And the crowd were 100% on uh, Jungle Boy's Jungle side Boy. here. To the extent where they were booing Christian near win spots. Uh, but yeah. thankfully in the end, after a really dramatic final sequence really close from jungle boy on an, an, an elimination spot jungle boy won yeah this elimination spot that, that ollie was talking about there it was like so they're on the apron doing all stuff like they tease the um the unprettier on the apron and christian like pushes jungle boy so jungle boy is like facing away from him christian pushes him so he's essentially running towards the ring post and he grabs the ring post and like swings himself round he could have easily have slipped and completely balls this up, but he was just like swung around, landed there. And that's how he got eliminated Christian who was just like, Whoa, what the hell happened there? And then the crowd got to sing the great Tarzan <laughs> boy theme song, like Luchasaurus and Marco stunt came down to like celebrate with the Marco stunt was in tears, celebrate for jungle boy. And then Christian cage was just the, as the awesome veteran, just like grabs him by the hands. Like now you go do this. You've got to go do you go do this and you go win that title. It was a really awesome moment for Christian there. And we're getting that match in two weeks' time, which is a perfect TV main event. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Omega versus Jungle Boy. It's and it's gonna it's only gonna raise Jungle Boy's stock. Like they are doing a fantastic measured job with Jungle Boy. 
very, very well done. Just want to give a quick shout out. SP3's in the chat. Hello, SP3. Uh, after that, unfortunately, we did go into the opposite of that, which was where Rhodes beat a go-go, uh, yeah. which, you know, we would... I've seen the argument be, but hey, you don't have a go-go win because he wasn't he, he wasn't that good. Like, a lot of people said he was quite green, came across as such, the selling was bad. I didn't get that. Um, yeah. my, my argument to that would be, don't book a 10-minute match then. That's exactly that's Worked what I Goldberg. Yeah don't, yeah, don't book that match then. Don't put him in that position. If it, like that that just sets mm. him up to fail. Yeah, but like it's uh, Rhodes winning was the babyface win on Memorial. It just it, it, it makes sense on paper. It doesn't work for me, but it makes sense on paper. It makes sense with that heel turn. And it works for after the, that, and it works for the live crowd. After that, we got the TNT title match with Miro and Lance Archer. No, I did I, I feel like this match was lacking a story to bite into. Like it, yeah. it had bits there. It had a few promos and whatnot, but it didn't have, there was no meat. To, there was a lot of meat, but it wasn't storyline meat. So, but they went out there. They had the, I thought the best possible match they could have had just fast power spots. Uh, more interference. Again, didn't mind it because we got to see Mero chuck a snake up a ramp. <laughs> This was so good. I, I I really enjoyed this match. It was just two beefy dudes beating the beef out of each other. Um, you know, like they, they put um uh Rusev, Rusev, they put Miro through a table like quite early on. So Pete was there going like, oh, I think that'll be a DQ action. I'm like, Do you know what? I don't mind in this sort of scenario because it's just it's two meaty lads just going just hate that meeting. Yeah, hate that just meeting each other around. And it was a really cool Pete. finish of um Miro getting the game over and like the grapevine game mm. over. And uh, Lance Archer passing out the stuff with Jake Roberts. I thought was really <clears> fun. <throat> did a really great angle with that on the um, like during the fan fest that they showed a recap of. Um, which I, so I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, just in case people haven't seen the match or what we're talking about, Jake the Snake comes in with the bag, implied that there's a snake in there. Don't worry, it's a working snake. It's not a shoot snake, probably. And he's going to use it on Miro, but Miro sort of takes out Jake and chucks the bag up the ramp. Uh, yeah, very fun stuff, and yeah, Mero retains. Um, also, they they did point out on commentary that Lance had spinal surgery or something, or a back injury of some sort, and that really added a nice layer to to protect Lance in defeat. I thought, you know, on another day, if he didn't have his back targeted, could have won. Uh, but very fun. All Out is going to be in Chicago on September fifth. Yeah, another so, Sunday. I was about three vodka tonics deep at this point, and I legit was thinking, I might book it. I might, yeah. I might just book it. Maybe we should go. I've never been to Chicago, so maybe we should just go there. Uh, after that, we got Britt Baker versus Sheeda, which went a nice 15 minutes. It was it was very good, um, and the result was really big. You know, Britt Baker won. That was awesome. I really liked that, as did the crowd. The match never really... I never, like... It never got to that level of other Sheeda matches or really good Baker matches. So, but yeah. but it was still good. Yeah, it, it was good. It was yeah. It wasn't like you know uh, the Baker Rosa matches that we've had as of late or Sheeda Nyla Rose from, from mm -hmm. last year. Like they were, it didn't quite have that same intensity. But it had some really nice character moments in there. And like Baker came off as like such a star in all of this. Like like Baker felt like a true figurehead of this division so that was really good to see it's just i, I think the storyline 
The reason why I don't think this match massively worked is because they've not done enough for Shida on TV. All of the booking, we had this complaint from, from people in our, in our Omega chats and on our live shows being like, all of the booking has been around Baker and none of it's been around Shida. And I think, unfortunately, those roosters came, they, they, that came home to roost. Like, uh, on, um, the chickens have come home to roost, as, as I should have said, um, for this pay-per-view. Because the crowd were so into Baker but by proxy, they were then also into like Shida. Like we were saying on the show, like it was loud DMD chants, but people were also cheering for Shida. But I think it was almost just like, as you said, politeness from the crowd to be like, well, it's our job here to also cheer for the baby face. So we are going to, but we're actually, we just want to see Baker win. Baker's great. She, I think everyone loves Shida, but unfortunately, it's a, it's a very long transitional reign. I think this yeah. title reign will go down as. Um, yeah, hopefully Sheeta will get another chance to have a proper, a proper reign with proper feuds, you know, yeah. and yeah. hopefully Baker will as well. The, the, the momentum so. seems to be going that way. Um, Baker afterwards hugs t Tony Schiavone, excuses himself from commentary, goes down to the ramp and hugs Britt Baker. It was a beautiful moment. And I'm sure some people like, oh, it breaks kayfabe. You you criticised uh, Belair and Banks for doing that tearful nod to each other before the Mania main event. I think it works because I've been told as a viewer that Tony and Baker are good friends. Yeah. So I think uh, it I, makes total sense in kayfabe. Yeah, but yeah, if anything, in kayfabe, it makes the most sense for him to get up and go and hug her because that's what they've been presenting on mm -hmm. TV. So yeah, I am. Um, I, I I was. I enjoyed this match is what I would say. I didn't love this match, but I very much enjoyed it. It wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. I've just seen someone in the comments there saying it was really sloppy. Could not disagree. Oh, no. Them. Would I disagree heavily with that, mm. but it was a really well-worked match. It's just I don't think it had the right story going into it. What it yeah. needed was more uh, loving America and Sheeta being a foreign heel uh, to really, really get it over. It writes itself. <laughs> Uh, Darby, Allen, and Sting took on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky next. And dear God, this, I was blown away by this match because I just did not have expectations. I didn't know what to expect. And they overcame everything. I can tell you exactly what my expectations were. My expectations were t shirt Sting. Mm. That's exactly what it And like the beautiful bastards that they are, they worked me. Because Sting started wrestling this in a t-shirt. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I expected. T-shirt Sting. I've, I watched a lot of TNA. I saw a lot of um, <laughs> Sting doing, you know, Sting would have 10 minute matches at the, for, to main event pay-per-views. And he would wrestle in a t-shirt. And nine minutes of that 10 minutes would just be crowd brawling. Where it's just like, we're just going to punch each other through the crowd. Go into the ring. Scorpion death drop. Scorpion death lock. Get the win or a lose. So that's fully what I was expecting here. What I got was an excellent match where Sting at one point just took his t-shirt off and he was in the full Sting gear and he did this dive off the stage and he was working with Sky and he was working with Paige. He was building to hot tags. He was getting hot tags. It was magical. So, so magical. And the, the finish to this match was yeah, right. absolutely awesome. So it was Scorpio Sky doing the sort of slingshot cutter into the ring and Sting just caught him in a scorpion death drop. I mean, Sting and Sky, Sting and Sky have mad chemistry, is what this match <laughs> told me. 
because at the start of the match, when Sting gets in, before he takes off the T-shirt, before you know what he's going to do, like, oh, it's just going to be a few fisticuffs tagged back in Derby. No, they brawl outside onto the ramp, and Sky gives Sting a German suplex on the ramp. And you're like, <laughs> oh. what? He's 62 years old. And Scorpio Sky is like standing there on the chips being like, yeah, look at me. I'm bad. And then Sting just stands up and does the classic Sting no-sell. Stands behind him. It's going to be a meme. Oh, really, really good. And you know what? I thought Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky thrived off this live crowd. Yes. Because they oh, yeah. are they haven't been given anything in Dynamite, really. It's just that they run in. They're a bit cowardly. But man... Ethan Page in particular, like he can just work a crowd really well, like in the palm of his hand. So it was very, very good. Love and this. Sting did a code red. Somewhere <laughs> in the world, Amazing Red was marking out because Sting did this code red. And it, it was like Dustin doing the Canadian Destroyer. Like it's not the best Canadian Destroyer I've ever seen. This wasn't the best code red I've ever seen. But I marked out like regardless. And this was the match where I was... I wish I was there. I wish I was there for the triple threat. I wish I was there for this. Mm. And I was so pleased that Sean was there for this because I feel like Sean's the sort of wrestling fan who would have absolutely adored being there live for it. Uh, thank you, Ryan Ammon. It was a normal suplex, not a German suplex. I won't have an error like that besmirch my name. Uh, after that, though, just, just more fantastic stuff. We got this triple threat. The first one for the AEW title. Don't get many triple threats in AEW at all, uh, particularly on pay-per-views. And Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. This was, and it's difficult because we have had another excellent near five-star triple threat this year with the WrestleMania 37 Night 2 main event, Reigns, Brian, and Edge. But whereas that had like all the story and the emotion, you know, wrestling-wise, athleticism-wise, it you know it was it was just very very good i thought this was athleticism wrestling wise like just another level and storytelling booking angles wise right up there i thought it fired on all cylinders this was an excellent match the reason why i think i would place this above the wrestlemania one which by the way i thought was like five stars and like match yeah. of the year contender the only reason i would place that above um this is that i went into that match not really knowing who was going to win in that. I was like, it, I, I thought it could be Brian, very much could be Edge. I don't think it's going to be Roman. So I was like surprised mm. when Roman got the win. Going into this match, I was 100% convinced that Kenny Omega was walking out the champion, but they made me believe that he yeah. wasn't. So many times with these near falls and the breakups and everything, I, I, I convinced myself at one point, I was like, <clears throat> I think they're going to give Cassidy the belt. I think they're going to go with this on like on this night. And like, so they, they worked me so, so perfectly. Every single second of this match was phenomenal. Pack mm. was amazing. Omega was amazing. Cassidy. You want to talk about a wrestler that was working off the crowd? Holy heck. And this man was working off this crowd. And it was just, it was masterful to see. And the final, like, five ten minutes of this match were just just sublime yeah the the bit in particular uh is this just i guess when uh in the wrestlemania triple threat the the spot that stands out is the dual submission bit on roman and roman's gently tapping 
uh, here it was another submission spot. Pack had Cassidy in the brutalizer. Omega gets in. Oh my god, Cassidy's gonna tap. Starts trying to kick Pack off, and Pack's just staring up at him like, "F off, mate." No, <laughs> and Omega's like, "What the hell do I do?" <laughs> so he takes out the referee. I have, yeah. I have never seen that. Yeah, it was just brilliant. He just basically looks like, "What do I do now?" So he just looks at Bryce Remberg and then be like. I'm just going to hit you instead because now you can't, can it? Mm. It was like, it's amazing looking back at photos of it and like the videos because the crowd go like, <gasps> like this whole like breath of it because no one saw that spot coming. The bit that I loved was like, because that was just superb, superb, but I loved the belt collector stuff in all of this, which is just like when, the, when Kenny was just fully on top, Cassidy is down, but Pac is the one that's left standing. So Don Callis throws Kenny Omega the AAA Mega Championship, and he wallops Pac with it. He throws the belt down. He's like, give me another. Callis throws him the Impact World title. He hits him with that, throws it down. Hand me another. Throws him the TNA Heavyweight Championship, and he hits him with that. He's like, give me the next one. And Callis gently hands over the mm -hmm. most prestigious of all of these, the AEW Championship, and he wallops Pack with it again, and that's where the finish. But that's that's where you thought the finish is going to come, and Pack kicks out again. And I was like, when is this match going to end? But I never want it to end. It was just awesome. There was even after all of that, yeah. The the last bit was Cassidy hits the uh, hits the the orange punch. Aubrey jumps in to do this fantastic count, like Aubrey the proper, right like one, two, kick out. That I can't, I, I cannot believe how into the near falls I was here. I agree. I think it's a really interesting comparison with the Mania main event. I wasn't, I didn't believe the near falls to the same extent, or I wasn't invested, but I really was here. And uh, yeah, Omega just reversed a beach break or something into a crucifix it was off, pin. I think it was off the pin was now. So I think Cassidy uh, like got that, got that near full pin. So Aubrey runs down yeah. and this crowd all thought <clears throat> this is the moment because we've had all of these near falls to lead to this point. This is when Cassidy's going to mm -hmm. get the win. Aubrey slides in, gets the count and uh, make a kicks out and crucifies him to uh, get him in the crucifix to reverse that pin. And Aubrey counts the three and then celebrates like he's just won the world title to be like, I'm the wrestling genius. I'm the I'm the best wrestler on the planet. It was just insanely good match of the year. Like I mm. I will be amazed if there's a match better than this in 2021 because I was I absolutely adored it. I wonder if other matches took place in front of similar conditions. If we'd be saying like I, I, how much that contributed, I, I would I would hazard an extra half star. I reckon. Yeah. Um, but absolutely fantastic. After that, in in like the quickest, pretty big debut ever, uh, Tony Schiavone's suddenly in the ring, and he's like, "Oh, so Mark Henry's just signed." And Mark Henry walks out. He's like, "Hey, everybody!" Turns around and walks off. He's out there for twenty seconds max. And they're just like, yeah. "Yeah, he's going to be a a coach backstage, and he's going to be an an announcer on Rampage, the Friday show on TNT or TBS." Starting later this year. How quick this was. I went to the loo. I went to the loo. At the end of the Omega match, I was like, right, I'm going to quickly use this time to go to the loo. I went to the loo. I came back. They were already starting like the preparations for the, the stadium stampede. I wasn't in there very long. I only had a quick wee. And it was just like, it was blinking, you'll miss it sort of stuff. Yeah. So Mark Henry, another 
big name that's just gone from WWE to AEW. Very, very interesting. Um, it's weird how many big show question Mark Henry. Of course, there's the, the popular thing that if you have a feud with Randy Orton as a legend, <laughs> you will then immediately go to AEW. Uh, after that, we got a announcement for Full Gear happening on Saturday, the 6th of November. I don't know if I'll be able to do that because I ha- I'm a groomsman at a wedding, which oh, hopefully cool. goes ahead. Uh, but cool for Full Gear in St. Louis. And then the main event was the stadium stampede between Inner Circle and the Pinnacle, which went 30 minutes and 25 of those minutes were backstage pre-tape bits, which ranged from quite high comedy to blood brawling to cameos with Conan, for instance, being a DJ, which I would say was one of the wackier things that happened. And it was in the FTR bit, which I found tonally odd or misplaced, to very, very almost stupidly staged, contrivedly staged with Sean Spears sitting in a room full of chairs. <laughs> I I didn't like it, man. Mm. And I I I um so last year I was thinking about this uh, after we finished the stream last night. Last last year, Laurie didn't like Stadium Stampede. He, it, it just was not for him, but I absolutely loved it. I had a really, really fun time with it. And I was like, you know what? That's exactly what I needed. I really needed that at this point of this early door, early stages of the pandemic. AEW's first show with like a first pay-per-view without fans. This is this is what I needed from this, actually. Um, but I don't think I can say the same for Stadium Stampede 2. It's, this isn't what I needed at this point. What I needed was that triple threat that we just got. I wanted like really quality wrestling in front of fans and the fans reacting to it. Because from live reports say, you know, we, I, I was talking to Sean about this, the live show, the live reactions loved it. The, li- the hmm. live crowd were popping massively for everything that happened because they were watching on the screen. So they never felt shortchanged. This is not saying that, oh, they screwed the live fans that were there for it because those live fans absolutely loved it. But I didn't get to hear that really. I, uh, I was hearing the commentary and I was watching them doing a lot of brawling backstage. And I think it was Pete that possibly described it best was just like the majority of this match felt like the middle third of the Randy Orton edge match from uh, Mania last year which was just, you know, throwing each other into various bits and bobs. <clears throat> There's some comedy and stuff. I just, I, I didn't like it. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't like it when it got out to the crowd either because the ending of this match was Jericho and MJF brawl into the crowd and then it cuts to the ring and Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara had a very good match, but that was it. And Sammy just won. There was no FTR, there was no Santana and Ortiz, there was no Hager, there was no Wardlow. It was just Sammy and Spears having a TV match and Sammy won it. I don't think it was particularly good. Uh, And it was long. Um, Well, we must say we are aware that a lot of people liked it a lot. We are very much in the minority here. It's weird that we all felt the same thing, though. Um, (laughs) The... I I get that the reason you close with this, as a lot of people have told me, is so people can sing Judas, and that's how you finish the show. Makes sense. I, I, which is yeah, um, but I, if you zoom out a bit, I just disagree with the way the feuds played out. I disagreed with Blood and Guts coming so early. I disagreed with the feud continuing after Blood and Guts. 
I disagreed with the way Jericho didn't really sell the finish of Blood and Guts. And and I don't like I I don't think this is good for the pinnacle. And that the inner circle has come to the end of their life circle as a, a cycle as a faction. They will continue. They they would have had to break up. Which yeah, I guess you don't want to do with your, on your first show back in front of fans. But then come up with a different finish for another match. Then well yeah, and I I get the argument. And you know, I've just seen someone then saying like, "Oh, you're missing the point. This is all about making Sammy look like a star." And like I get that. And I get that you want to finish the show with Judas, but you don't have to zoom out that far to just see that, like, well, okay, so if your last 30 seconds makes sense, why did the 35 minutes that preceded play out the way that they did? Because those 35 minutes were the boring bits or the bit that what didn't really work for anyone. The finale, Sammy getting the win, totally makes sense because he was the one that surrendered for them at Blood and Guts. That totally works. The crowd singing Judas, that totally works. But you could have structured this in a way that was more like a crowd ball, that was more interaction with the fans, as opposed to being 30 minutes of pre-taped stuff backstage that we didn't get to see fans react to. I, But Brian Alvarez actually loved the match. He didn't start off loving the match. He said that at the start, it was all... It, he thought it was very smartly structured in that it started off like lockdown, like the cinematic match. And it was kind of a swan song to the cinematic match era. And you got them to come out at the end. And it was like, yeah, now they're here in real life too. Like you see, you go on that journey. Um, I, I like that on paper. I don't think it works at the end of a show when you've already had matches in the ring. Like if, yeah. if that's your idea, you, you open with that and you don't have a totally. buy-in match. Yeah, so, I completely agree with you. But we're, I'm aware that we are very much in the minority there. Uh, yes, Sean won. Uh, sorry, Sammy won. Overall, I would give this, I gave it a four out of five. I, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved this pay-per-view. But the Cody and the Stadium Stampede, for me, means it isn't perfect. Yeah, I was just getting up the poll there because I, I was thinking about this a lot today. And I initially thought four out of five as well. But then I was like, do you know what? I am. Um, I, 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 I love that triple threat so much. And like the, the chat that we had earlier that said the negatives don't outweigh the, um, or the, the positives vastly outweigh the negatives in all of this. So I am just totally on board. And I think I would go five out of five. And the uh, poll that we had on our community tab, 55% gave it a five out of five. Wow. 28%, 28%, 28%, 4 out of 5. So that's like eight, nearly 80% of the mm -hmm. vote there is 5 and 4. Out, uh, and then 10% for 3 out of 5, 1% for 2 out of 5, 5% for 1 out of 5. So this was just like heavily weighted into the 5 out of 5 thing. People loved it. And I, I'm I'm not against that. I'm, I'm glad everyone thinks it's a 5 out of 5 show. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, let's get into the rest of your hyper chats. Last call, get them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show, and we're going to try and do it in five and a half minutes. That's not going to happen. <laughs> e Shake. It's weird with Cody because ever since he smashed the throne at the first double or nothing, I feel like he has always been hated online, but whenever his music hits, he always gets a huge pop. Last night doesn't change my perception of him. I didn't care about the feud. Nate S. I was Team Agogo. He looked fantastic, especially for not having many matches, but. It's Florida. 
It was Memorial Day, and they had the military remembrance package played just before the match. Cody wasn't going to lose. They wanted to keep the fans hot. Mm. Uh, Tyler Woodward, Homelander is a prick. <laughs> so is Cody. He used a vertebraker to win, not even his finish. Uh, is a go-go not worthy enough to take the crossroads? If a go-go won, it would have been a five out of five. I only uh, watched the end of your stream because I was doing my own, which no one watched. Ah, oh, Tyler. Uh, Eternal Blue. As an American who agrees with the consensus of people here, Cody was way off base. But I felt, but I bet he felt very confident this was a good idea. He's a half Cuban, Floridan, American. All three of those things combined together make for right wing bingo. <laughs> I believe it's also pronounced Floridian. Um, Floridian. I, 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 Floridian I, I, man. I, I, I may have made that up. But yeah, like it's just, you know, I, we could keep saying as well that we think that Cody was off base, but that crowd lapped it up. Floridan. Uh, Charles Burke. <laughs> Cody forgot to mention his focus group was exclusively 75-year-old white Trump supporters. Cody just slaps some flex tape on racism. He comes off as tone deaf. Wrestling Secrets Exposed also taught me that Miro threw a stunt snake. Omega Max <laughs> Leon Quashi. Omega getting Orange Cassidy, of all people, with a trick pin. Love that. Love that. Uh, Omega Cassidy soon. Also, F you Don. F you Kenny. F you young bucks. I have been thoroughly worked. Uh, yeah. Anthony Velasquez, really good show last night. I will agree with the fact that the stadium stampede shouldn't have main evented the show. I personally didn't hate the match, but I didn't think it was main event worthy either. And they continue. I had predicted a go-go to win the match, but as an American, I should have known that Cody was going to win definitely on Memorial Day of all days. Also, I do think Cody should turn heel soon. Mm-hmm. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Great five out of five show for me. An example, WWE triple threat. It's clear who's there to take the pin. Pack or, um, or Orange, I honestly didn't know. You could tell the wrestlers love the crowd being back. What a triple threat. 100% one of my favourites. Jam that jam. Harry and Riddler. Great pay-per-view. Uh, only match I didn't like was the Cody one and more from the booking than the wrestling. So many standout matches. And while I didn't enjoy the stadium stampede as much as the majority, I seem to enjoy it more than you guys. Los Intangibles, the wrestle talk for life. We didn't say they did win. Um, yeah, Tempest was in the chat earlier to brag about that. I did spot him. <laughs> I didn't give him yeah. the time of day. So they will be facing Laurie Blake for the championship in a three-way at Jelly and a Selly. Mm -hmm. The Portuguese Mr. Davis. Hey, boys, I'm Makiito. What do you think of my, my Makiito? Oh, beautiful. Absolutely. Because I didn't, you didn't send me anything. Like, in the lead-up to it, I didn't see it in bits. I didn't see it in bobs. I just saw it as the final product. And I thought it was brilliant, man. I thought, well done, you. Sexy. I'm surprised <laughs> how sexy I looked. Uh, what an awesome show. Great use of string. Sting. Sting. Sorry. I was confused. I was like, what? Where was the string? <laughs> <laughs> that was the abseiling bit that the, um, the inner oh, circle yeah. did the Star Stadium stampede. Daft. Awesome triple threat. However, the Cody stuff was awful. Stampede was meh. I say this because I think they should have started with this match and the blood and guts be the next storyline wise. Overall, four out of five. Nate S. Amazing show and experience. Nate would have been there. He's our man on the ground. The best part of the show for me was just being a part of the crowd. So many goosebumps and choking back tears moments. 
just because of the crowd. I hope we came across as well on TV because it was deafening at times. You certainly did. Oh, blew us away. Nadeth continues, I couldn't believe that Orange Cassidy was that over. Didn't think he should be in the title picture, but the crowd and his performance proved me wrong. Speaking of over, Jungle Boy, Dr. Britt, Max Caster, Darby, Sammy, Hangman, Mox and Eddie all got huge pops. Uh, mostly mostly baby faces there, which is nice. Yeah, Mohammed Al-Sad. The tag match was very enjoyable, and I like the Young Bucks, but it was a tornado handicap for much of the match. I know their heels and all that, but what is the referee's job, lol? Yeah, I mean, it's an excellent point. That referee did a bad, bad job. Do you want me to <laughs> hot tag? Uh, and so you can take a bit Go of a Go for it, there. yes. Brian Murphy says, Adam Page and Brian Cage took to the stage to wage war and get the crowd engaged. Adam Page is all the rage to the fans, no matter their age. And now they also love Brian Cage because he told Team Taz to disengage. P.S. Ollie, season seven of Brooklyn Nine-Nine was trash. No, it wasn't. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was really good. Gabriel Caruso, did Nick Jackson grow at his beard because he's no longer a babyface? 100% he did. James Hanley, hey guys, I just want to say that Brit's win was what I wanted to see since she turned heel, but I'm so happy that she'd got to have one match as champion in front of fans. She did do an amazing job as champ, even when the division was down to just four people. Big Eye Cotillez, the triple threat match was amazing. While I get the ending, the camera work didn't really capture what happened that well. Had several people ask me what happened because I had four friends over. Other than the fantastic finish, I wanted OC to win so badly. Um, Primetime Flea Gunner says, Luke is the reason why casual fans hate wrestling. How can wrestling fans hate this when the crowd even... How can wrestling fans hate this when the crowd, even before they opened up, were behind this feud? They even loved the whole match and went crazy for the finish. It's delusional to hate what's over. Dude, I literally said that it was over with the crowd. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blind to that. I totally get that it was over with the crowd. Um, Jamie Villegas. Also, that was not a crowd of casual fans. Jamie <laughs> Villegas, Impact Wrestling storyline-wise, Sammy Callahan should have been the Joker to go on and win the Battle Royal. Yeah, would have been nice to have Chris Bay or James Storm. Doesn't take away for how excited I was to see Leo Rush. Brandon Harris said, I think you'll find, I think you'll find, that Scorpio Sky grabbed the brass ring. Kingston wasn't even in that match, mate. Good pay-per-view. <laughs> Too many interference distraction spots for my liking. Also, not sure how I feel about Sheeda's marathon title range ending via tap-outs. The, the goal was to get over Baker. Yeah. Um... Alabagalu, um, loved the three-way, good mix of in-ring wrestling and storytelling. Can't wait to see Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega, and hopefully we get Kenny Omega versus Luchasaurus. What do you guys think of Omega? Who do you think Omega will face at All Out? My money is on Christian Cage. Yes, please. I, th- I think they might pull the trigger on Page by then. I think they might do. Yeah, I think they will do. And Nemo Toad, I think the crowd pushes double or nothing just ahead of full gear for AEW's best pay-per-view. Also, Sheeda's uh, run is tailor-made for fans to look back on a few years down the line as underrated. I liked the thank you, Sheeda shan't too. I don't think it will be, unfortunately, because she never had a proper feud. Uh, Chris Petro, what's next? Nick Jackson does a Hollywood Hogan die black beard <laughs> next. Heel bucks are fun. Love you guys. Thank you, as always. RP Degnan said, it's almost fun at this point. Darby doing crazy stuff doesn't even get mentioned anymore. I was legit scared for him in that six-year-old sting, particularly when Ethan Page launched him into the crowd from that gorilla press. <gasps> we didn't even talk about that. That was such a good spot. Spike Dudley'd him like from the ring just <sighs> into the crowd. It was absolutely nuts. 
uh, Bacon Rasher. Hi, Luke and Ollie. Oliver, Mr. Davis, or whatever. It's Ollie Kawaii now. Uh, with Jungle Boy and Mox having mainstream music, what song would you put with who? We get this question all the time now. I would like to see Best Friends come out to It Must Be Love by Madness. P.S. All that triple threat. Wow. Us intangibles wrestled. Blah, 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 blah. Someone had the best version of this last night when we had this question, which is that Chris Statlander should come out to Intergalactic by the Beast. Mm. I've not heard a better suggestion than that. DJ Mayer. I would really love to see Kingston be the one to eventually beat Mero for the TNT title. I cannot just imagine how crazy the crowd would go. That's a... I have not thought about that. That would be good. Paul Kerr. Serena Deeb is one of the top 10 wrestlers in the world. <clears throat> It's a travesty that the wrestling world, including myself, has only learned this over the past year. I don't know if I put her in top 10, but yeah, she's incredibly good. Uh, Andrew, the last airbender, not double or nothing related, but I effing love Luchasaurus so much so that I, as a 25-year-old, always <laughs> action figure. I uh, think I'll ever be world champ. Also, Ollie, any good history podcasts you recommend? Thanks so much, guys. We all appreciate you. Um, just the hardcore histories. I haven't really been listening to podcasts. Lockdown. Uh, as to whether Luchasaurus will be champion, I don't think so. Not world champion. Uh, tag champ, maybe. Hannah Allen, uh, message of support. Please don't ever feel like you need to cater or alter your reviews, comments in fear of fan backlash. I think I speak for most of the nation. We watch and support for our love of you lot and the content. It sucks people neg on any of you. It's the thank you, yeah. Hannah, but it's a, yeah. it comes with the territory. Uh, Hannah Allen again I feel for Pete people just critique his critique but his job is his opinion and that's why we watch Shrug the fans that attack you aren't representative of all of us just a small few the nation loves and supports each of you feel good air hugs for all oh, thank you Hannah thank uh, Renee 36 hi guys I was wondering when do you think you can head back to your office your current reactions are awesome but there's a different feel when you guys are together and are having a great time watching wrestling same thing goes with your review shows well June is the plan late June uh, when it's but that's when the government opens stuff up here but they pushed that back a few times before so we're not mm -hmm. getting our hopes up I had my uh, first vaccination on Saturday as well and I had a <clears throat> I had a bit oh of a God. dead arm, and that was about it. That was the only side effect that I got. Was uh, My arm was a bit sore the following day. Uh, where are we? Bishop Badass. 15 years ago today, Shawn Michaels hit the biggest super kick in the world on Shelton Benjamin. Just want to get y'all's thoughts on what you think uh, when you see that. Love you guys for all you do, and keep it up. Jam that jam. F the intangibles. I wasn't watching. I didn't see it live. I, mm. I I only saw it in like recaps after it after the facts. Uh, slow key. Hi guys, this is my first time watching these podcasts live, and I just wanted to say thank you for keeping me company during Double or Nothing. I don't have any wrestling friends, sadly, so it's nice when I can react and watch with people. Jam that jam. We're your friends, slow key. Indeed, I'll uh, hot tag for these last few. Uh, Anonymous said, "Hee hee, sixty nine. But for real, Double or Nothing was my second favorite pay per view of the year. It wasn't a match on the card that I didn't enjoy. Favorite was either Kenny versus Pat Cassidy or the Stampede or Britt versus Sheeta. Also, Luke, you don't use dark mode on Twitter, you weirdo. Like I, I didn't know there was a dark mode on Twitter, and if there is, I don't know where it is, and I've never thought to ever change it. 
Rangers Mayhem, I gave the show 4.5 stars. I disliked the Cody match and Stampede did not live up to the original. The ending of the match seemed super rushed. Would have been better with Inner Circle surrounding Spears, hit the Judas elbow and Sammy hit the 630 as the exclamation. Nate S, who was da- thrown further? The snake Miro threw or Darby <laughs> into the crowd? Darby? Darby. That's mad. Bacon Rasher, final Omega chat, just to say some of us in the UK are not working today. We're in beer gardens enjoying the sunshine to fair play for working today, lads. Enjoy Raw tonight. Thanks for watching so we don't have to. Love to the Swaff Nation. I'm not watching the show because I'm off tomorrow. Yes. Oh, they're particularly punishing after watching good wrestling. <laughs> hcbs but you'll do it with sean yeah so we if you haven't seen the announcement on our twitter page it's going to be ollie and sean tomorrow uh srs from fightful doing the raw review and mm-hmm. although i'm off i'm cannot wait to listen to the podcast hcb said um me before the triple threat there's no way i'll believe cassidy has will win at any point after the triple threat hands on my head mouth open thinking cassidy had just won great yeah. show but i feel the commentary let down the tnt title match with no passion there wasn't much story to get into. I liked it. I, you know, specifically the the work they did about talking about Lance's back. But I could, yeah, maybe. CJ Lilly, hi guys. Did you see the disgusting links people are making between the pig in the main event and Larry Steeds? Just because Alexa is a WWE star with a different pet. Sometimes I'm embarrassed by the fandom. Like last night, hate the war. Was there a pig in the main event last night? Uh, I think when they went into the freezer section. Uh, right, you know when they had the sort of Rocky fight, there was a oh, an animal the split. Talking about the, the yeah. Rocky thing, yeah. I mean, <clears> CJ, <throat> if you go looking for that sort of thing, CJ, you're, you're bound to find anyone saying that sort of thing. And Jacob just said, "Thank, just here to say thanks for the stream and the podcast. Love you guys. Jam that jam. That is all of our chats." Thank you, everybody who joined us last night and for watching us here today. If you haven't already, subscribe to the WrestleTalk podcast channel. It's a different channel to the main WrestleTalk channel. You need to subscribe to this one too and enable notifications to always on. Um, It is 17 17 people away from 47,000. Come on, 17 people. Do it now. Come on, do it now. I'm waiting. We've got like a, a 30 second delay. It's actually two people subscribed in the in the, sort of the delay. So Come yeah, on. we're nearly there. Fifteen people to go. Come on. Do, 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 do. If you're not subscribed already, people. there's one thousand nine hundred and thirty-three of you right now. Surely fifteen of you can subscribe. Forty-six nine ninety. Ten more to go. Come on, we can refresh. do this. Come on, Come on. I'm, I'm refreshing. I'm, I'm hitting the refresh button. I'm hitting the refresh button. Five Slow more people down. to go. Just five more people Come to go. On. Come on, people. Come on. Come on, people. Dressed up as Mackie Ito for you today. Just just do it. Look at Rob Tree. Just just do it. I could talk about Sage. I can unsubscribe and subscribe again. That won't help us. It doesn't work that way. Come on. There it, it is. 47,003 yes. people. Thank you all you so guys much. You guys are the best. Now, it is a very hot bank holiday Monday here in the UK. The sun is ablaze, and I'm about to draw my curtains, order a Domino's, and watch Army of the Dead. I bid you adieu. Jam that jam. Jam that that jam, everyone. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.